0: Today on the Goal USA MLS podcast, Ibis Glarsip stops by. We talk about the Seattle Sounders' recent struggles and whether or not there's a hangover effect for MLS Cup champion teams. We also look forward to this Wednesday's games and chat with Ibis about his interviews with all the movers and shakers in the Florida soccer world. That and so much more coming up on the Goal USA MLS podcast. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome in once again to the Goal USA MLS podcast. I'm John Arnold, joined in Jersey... I got it right this time. I in Jersey. It's Ivas Lalasep. What's up? Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? Man, you've been all over the place lately. You been in uh, Orlando for a minute. You got some cool stuff coming up on Goal.com. I know uh, you were at the Red Bulls Galaxy game last night. How you feeling, man? You getting your sleep? I'm worried about you.
1: Uh, I needed a nap. I will admit when I landed when I landed in Jersey from my trip to Florida. I did a little. I need I needed a little bit of a nap, but I'm ready to go now. I'm recovered, now I'm going to spend the next week, the next five days transcribing. That's pretty much all I'm going to do.
0: <laughs> Usually it's the reverse. Usually people go from Jersey to Florida and take naps because uh, they're retiring. The Ivis always <laughs> working hard for us. Let's take a look at the back of the MLS weekend. Houston and Vancouver got it kicked off the Dynamo 1-2-1. Toronto FC beat Minnesota 3-2. The Rapids over the Quakes 3-0. Columbus crew went over to Montreal and got a 3 2 victory. Philly goes to DC, gets their second straight win. This is a 4 0 result. A game you saw Saturday, Ibis was a 2 2 stalemate uh, between Orlando and Sporting Kansas City. The Revs put up four against Real Salt Lake, 4 0. Chicago Fire tops the Seattle Sounders, 4 1. On Sunday, the triple header, Portland and Atlanta tied at one. The Galaxy go all the way to New York and get a 3 1 result. And the final game of the weekend in Frisco. FCD and New York City SC play to one one tie. Let's start with that game that's fresh in your mind, was, a game that you were at as well, Sunday with the Galaxy, getting a result. This is a team that we've been concerned about. We talked about Curtin Awful's job status. There wasn't a lot to complain about after Sunday, though.
1: No, not at all. And I got to say, you have, you have to give Curtin Awful credit because after that that game in Chicago <clears throat> and the way that team rallied, uh, he, he said that this is you're going to see a new Galaxy team going forward. And it sounded a little bit like he was just kind of blowing smoke. You know, it's like coach speak, right? But this is this looked like a different team on Sunday. They uh, it, they put together their most balanced game of the season, both defensively, offensively. And they, they went and won at Red Bull Arena, the first team to do so, I think, in like 19 matches. So so credit to Nolfo, And now all of a sudden the Galaxy have gone from a team in a bit of turmoil to a team that now is starting to look more like the team you expect in L.A.
0: And so, third match undefeated, a victory for the first time since uh, April, I think, against Montreal. You mentioned that Anolfo kind of took a risk Sunday. What did you see him do that that sort of lends credence to what he says? The fact that this is a new look Galaxy, this is a team that's going to do things differently. Why should we believe him?
1: Well, the, the, a few of the things. Number one, they look more organized. Uh, and number two, they just are, they look like they're playing with a bit more passion than, than they were they were showing earlier in the year. I think earlier in the season, they looked a little disjointed, a little lost. <clears throat> and, and you look at that game in Chicago, they go, uh, it, again, Chicago in LA, they go down to zero and they look completely lost as a team. Um, they were just kind of running around with like the, with the heads cut off. And then he makes the move to bench yellow uh, and he, and that kind of, I think that really woke, woke them up. And I, I think that was kind of that moment where, where the, his players looked at and said, wow, we have to get serious. Cause this, this thing is getting a little crazy and credit to the galaxy and credit to yellow Vandama. He took it like a champ. He, he didn't, you know, uh, whine and moan about it. He didn't make a scene when he came off the ben, uh, came off the field, he handled himself well in training, and then he goes out on Sunday against the Red Bulls and had himself a heck of a game. He's back in the lineup. And I asked her an awful after the match, I said, did you do that to send a message to your team? And he kind of hesitated, and then he said, yes. Like, he, he let it go. He, want, he, he he just had to say it. And I think the message was was delivered, and now you see a Galaxy team playing with a lot more purpose.
0: It doesn't get that much easier for them. They're still uh, in the midst of a long road trip. They head to Minnesota next weekend, then to San Jose, then to D.C. We'll let you know how they do on goal. Ivis, uh, another match that uh, you took in was Orlando and Kansas City, that 2-2 draw. Uh, I know that was your first trip down to Orlando. I still haven't made it yet. It looks awesome on TV, the slant, the wall, the fans. Just tell us what it was like to be in that stadium uh, for the first time. Does it live up to the hype in person?
1: Oh yeah, it's it has it's definitely a great atmosphere. In terms of as a building, it's a nice stadium. Is it the nicest stadium in the league? I wouldn't go that far, but it's the, I think it's in that top five. I think it's uh, the the sound in that place. Uh, they're drawing fans, obviously. They're filling it up. So when you fill that place up, and then you have the design that they have with that that really steep slant where the, the that side of the field where where their supporters group sit. I mean, they 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 make a lot of noise, right? And and mm-hmm. it gives you that atmosphere uh and so you can see why it's become this kind of fortress for them actually that was the first points they've dropped there uh against the kc team that's very good very good and, he, and i have to give peter rumi's credit you know dom dwyer and what does he do he takes latif blessing a guy who had barely played this year uh and a guy who weighs like 100 pounds plays him as a <laughs> plays plays him as a target striker and and he did his thing he scored two goals and and they got the point so great match and a great atmosphere
0: I wish we used a little more tabloid headlines and goal, you know. I mean there's just so many opportunities, blessing in disguise, hashtag blessed. I use I, mean, I use do... that one.
1: I, I use that one in my MLS rap subhead, I will I will fully fully admit.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think I think it's okay. I think I think that's that's totally fine. Also, looking totally fine was Kaká coming off the injury, uh, made it difficult for Sporting Kansas City. A, a tremendous defense, one of the best in the league. As you mentioned, the, the work that Peter Vermes has done and and how well they've looked, or how good they've looked at the start of the year. That sort of familiar group with you know now Zussi playing a right back, with Beesler and Zinovic on the on the left side. Even a group as good as them doesn't have much of a chance to win. Kaká is is on his game, and that's exactly what it looked like he was on Saturday.
1: Right. Well, I mean, the, the goal he scored was definitely the goal of the week for me, and he's playing really well. He's 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 been he's found his goal scoring touch ever since he's come back from that injury. And I had a chance to sit down with him on Friday uh, for a pretty long interview, and you'll see you'll see the bits and pieces coming from that later in the week on goal. But uh, the one thing I definitely took away from it is that he is definitely still motivated to play uh even though at his age you know you think i believe he's 35 he 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 could very easily just be ready to retire and pack it in but not only does he like being in orlando he wants to stay in orlando he wants to be on this year and he's playing right now like someone who absolutely uh, wants to keep playing and playing at a high level and when you have him at his best all of a sudden that orlando team is definitely even more dangerous than they were when they were winning without him
0: He's so old, Ivis. 35 is so old. Uh, that's a 2-2 draw. That breaks their uh, their two-match uh, resultless streak, I guess. They've still lost their last two after that rough week last week that we talked about. Last week, another team that we talked about last week having a rough week, and the rough times continue, the Seattle Sounders. They go to Chicago, and Ivis, they weren't really in this game. The Fire get the 4-1 victory. Last week, we mentioned that Brian Schmetcher said he's frustrated because his team was doing the right things. They were sort of creating chances. They weren't able to finish anything off. This week took a step back. What happened? Is this an MLS Cup hangover situation? Are they going to get it going? Or is this a team that might be in risk of missing the, the playoffs?
1: I, I, w- I wouldn't uh, press too many panic buttons just yet on them because obviously— How many panic buttons are there? Uh, I think there are three. Three, okay. three levels of panic. And <laughs> so I,
0: you're going to press, press number one?
1: Right now it's one. It's just okay. mild. Very mild panic. No, th- look with Seattle obviously they're they they have had some injury issues in the in in the back. I don't know how many games they've actually had, Roman Torres and Chad Marshall together. They didn't have Roman Torres for this one. And look, give give Chicago some credit. The fire are tough at home. Uh they've shown that they've shown that all year. And I think it was just a case of things snowballing for Seattle and and their defense getting exposed uh without Roman Torres there. Tony Alfaro had himself a day to forget. As did jo, uh, Jovan Jones. I mean, the, both those guys. And you can't afford uh, against a team like the Fire with the attacking pieces they now have, with Nikolic playing so well, David Akam really playing well, and obviously ba- Bastian uh, They were just clicking. And you know, the, sound, the Sounders are still a good team. But uh, they they they've struggled to put together solid 90 minute performances. Obviously, the win, 3-0 win in LA was their was their best match of the year, but they haven't been able to duplicate that on a consistent basis. I wouldn't panic just yet. Is there a little bit of a hangover? MLS Cup hangover? I think maybe there is. I think there I think there is something to be said for that. But I also think they they've had some issues with injuries.
0: It seems like a lot of teams that make MLS Cup sort of go through that, whether they win it or not. I mean, you look at Columbus and Portland both last season. They both started slow and struggled and never really got it clicking. Uh, Seattle this year, Toronto didn't start great, although they're on a roll now. Is there something... I, why? Why is that happening? I mean, is it, I think maybe my theory is that it does put you know a lot of miles on your legs, and then the off season is relatively short. I think sometimes players are still tired, maybe still in that mode where they they're not sure why they can't recover, you know, that form that they had. But but what's your theory? I guess it seems like this is something that's sort of a, a thing, I guess.
1: Well, there is a little bit, there's something to be said for the shorter off season, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they are at a little bit of a disadvantage uh, compared to other teams, but and I also think it, it, it's tough when you win a title in MLS, it, it gets tough to keep a team together, right? Because of salary increasing salaries, players mm-hmm. hit their bonuses, so it gets tougher to keep a t- the same that same team that won, keeping it together. You almost have you're almost forced to to make changes and, and make personnel decisions and hope that the new people that you bring in. Uh, can keep it going. I mean, look at Seattle, for example. I mean, Tyrone Mears uh, did well for them. Now he's in Atlanta, and they haven't really – that right back position has been a bit of a trouble spot for them. Uh, you know, they, they 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 lost some some other veterans. They bring in guys like Harry Ship and Will Bruin, who – you know, Will Bruin, uh, you know, he's done some good things here and there. But it's I think there is an adjustment there, and I do think there is something to be said for just the fact that, you know what, you win a title, and you kind of uh, rest on your oars a bit. You know, you get to that mountaintop, and it's kind of like – takes a little bit longer to to get it going and get and find that groove again the key is though to not not have it cost you your season by by having just such a bad first two or three months and i think you can definitely put yourself in a hole uh in mls especially now we're up to 22 teams now there it is that much tougher now to get into the playoffs so i think seattle will be okay though i think once they get healthy once once they can have marshall and torres for a good stretch i think that'll make a world of difference
0: I was talking to Oscar Pereja after FC Dallas' one-one draw with New York City FC yesterday, and, and I asked him, Look, you're not used this is a fine result, you're still undefeated, but you guys aren't used to dropping any points at home, much less multiple weekends. Uh you know, the last time they played at home they, they drew two two with Portland. This time one one draw with New York City FC. And I said, you know, are you concerned and, and why did this happen? And he said, you know, Look, MLS is is growing and is being built into a league where there are, you know, very few teams that are just bad. And he didn't say like that necessarily, but that was his inference is basically like the league is getting better. And with that, you're going to have bigger challenges. And as you mentioned, Ives, whether you're MLS Cup winner or not, there's no sort of you can't really necessarily take weekends off. Like maybe you could in the past or maybe, you know, rest some players that I don't know. I think I think it's growing. And as you mentioned, you know, with more and more teams that are coming into the league, and coming in to win it, you really have to uh, to buckle down. I'm not sure that happened uh, in that. Let's talk about that game real quick, the uh, FC Dallas-New York City FC. I mentioned FC Dallas not used to uh, dropping points at home. Um, this is a team that's, that still sort of, uh, I, I think, you know, they're undefeated, and I think they're doing fine. Uh, you look at New York City FC, no Pirlo. What's uh, what's going on from the New York angle there?
1: Well, Pirlo's kind of been in and out the last couple of weeks now uh, uh Patrick, Patrick Vieira chose to sit him and play young El Herrera and he he did great before he headed off to the under 20 world cup uh it, it's interesting now it's been a bit of a stretch of games now where you're seeing you're not seeing Pirlo in there Pirlo, for me Pirlo wasn't playing well to mm-hmm. start the season I don't think he was covering ground well I think he was getting slower and slower and 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 that was affecting some of the things they did but they're still a good team they're deep and and as you see when you can bring a guy like Tommy McNamara who hadn't played who didn't even play a minute in the previous two games. He comes into the starting lineup scores a goal It just shows you the kind of depth that they have and what's interesting for me is that, and I think NYC You could argue that they're they're more dangerous on the road than they are at home Because with the type of players that they have when they go out and play on bigger fields around the league mm-hmm. It actually gives them more more space to, to kind of yeah. to do damage and actually that's why even though they do have a good home record in terms of the type of soccer they play. And there's a reason why last year, if you look at it, last year they had the best road record in the league. And I think part of that is the fact that you can put them on a big field with the Ronnie Wallace, Jack Harrison working the wings. They could spread teams out. Uh, they, they can give anyone a, a challenge on the road.
0: Yeah, Tommy Mack scoring that goal off the uh, David Villa free kick, uh, def- deflected off the crof- crossbar. Tommy crashes the bar and uh, and gets the goal. Yeah, I-, I wrote about Hernan Grana last night, and part of the reason, you can read it on goal, part of the reason that I-, I wanted to spotlight him was because, first of all, he's really outshining the other acquisitions Dallas made in the offseason. You know, you look at some of the players they signed, some of the money they splashed, and a guy like Roland Lama who's yet to really settle in, yet to score a goal, Christian Colman, who, you know, IVSU reported... Uh, Biggest transfer fee in in Dallas history. He's yet to get off the mark. But Grana is just sort of chilling at the right back spot. And that's a place where New York City FC likes to find weakness, likes to attack with Rodney Wallace. And uh, Sweat last night, sometimes it's it's Matarito when he's healthy. Um, And I think that makes him even more dangerous. But, you know, they overloaded that side quite often and Grana really dealt with it. Uh, like I said, FC Dallas, from from the local perspective here in Texas, a team that I think is is quality, doing some of the same things they did last year, and uh, they're hitting none of the panic buttons yet, none of the three panic buttons. Partly because they still have the best points per game in the league, uh, and they haven't lost yet, so I think they're doing fine. Another team that was maybe they're hitting two of the three panic buttons was the Philadelphia Union. Now they're undefeated in four matches. They go to DC and get a four-nil result. Uh, last week they blew out the Red Bulls three 0 Is this uh what's going on here, Ivis? Uh, it seems like uh, Jim Curtin's job should be safe for now.
1: Well, it's interesting. We're talking about the panic buttons. The the Union fans were already pressing every single panic button uh, earlier when they were the the only team without a win. When and then they blew that three zero lead to Montreal. I think that was rock bottom for them. But what was interesting about them, and I led I led uh, my MLS rap, uh talking about the Union is they were actually a team early in the year who who. Was better than the results were showing. I mean, they were in games, but then they were making costly mistakes. So they, they, as as much as they were the last team to get a win, and it was easy to kind of point to them as saying and say they're the worst team in the league. They really weren't as bad as that showed. And credit to Jim Curtin. When when you blow that 3-0 lead, it could have been easy to 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 just fall apart after that. And the team actually has responded since then. They go to L A. They get a hard earned point, and then they blow away the Red Bulls and D C United. Uh, and what you're starting to see now is their defense is starting to play a lot more consistently, three straight shutouts, avoiding the mistakes that plagued them in the past. And now their attack is starting to really click. CJ Sapong has is, is been one of the better forwards in the league uh, so far this year. Harris Medunyanin is is a guy who not enough people are talking about. Uh, and, and that's part of the reason because they were the union were so bad early in the year but now and, I, and
0: part of the reason is because we can't say his name oh yeah
1: forget about it his name is <laughs> i spent I spent a good amount of time memorizing how to spell it so that's it well, sounded great that's the only reason I know how to say it but uh but yeah so I think now you're seeing those pickups that they made like fafa Pico uh Med inucciu turning back the clock scoring a goal yeah. against DC United. Uh, so now those pieces are starting to come together and are Look, are they an MLS cup winning team? No But they're a team that can absolutely get into the playoffs if they can climb out of this out of this hole that they've dug for themselves I mean, they're still tied for last in the east on points But they're but now they're getting gaining some momentum and they have the players I think to still make a playoff run
0: Scoreline was one nil when Luciano Acosta got his marching orders in the 55th minute from there. It was all Philadelphia I was to say, uh, it's sort of a double week. Uh, we've got a bunch of Wednesday games, so we're going to take a little break. And there's going to be a little music that plays for you, listeners. And then we're going to talk about the Wednesday slate. Stay with us on the Goal USA MLS podcast. talked about the Philadelphia Union you said they're not an MLS Cup team but they got some work to do and could dig themselves out of that hole they've uh, built for themselves they've got Houston coming into town a team that's uh, coming in hot they've got two victories they beat Orlando 4-0 last weekend uh, and then on Friday they kicked off the MLS slate by beating the Whitecaps 2-1 at home Wilmer Cabrera debut manager is getting the most it seems out of Cuba Torres and some of the offseason signings they made what have you seen him do Ivis? to change this team and has them playing so well?
1: Well, I think the biggest difference, I mean, and I, you've seen a change even within the season uh, when it comes to the Houston Dynamo. Early in the year, they were a team that would just come out firing first half, uh, just buzzing all over the field. And, and a lot of times the second half, they, they wouldn't have that same energy level because they almost kind of burned themselves out in the first half. So a lot of times, the, you know, they they they'd score goals in the first half, take leads, and then they, they they'd leak goals in the second half. And you saw, and, and what you've seen in this team in recent weeks, I, I think Will McCrory definitely made a conscious effort to address that. And whether that's how he how changing training, uh, changing personnel, changing approaches in terms of tactically, but what you're seeing now is more complete 90 minute performances from the team. And you're seeing a Dynamo team that in the second half isn't fading like they were earlier, and and it's making the world a difference now. And and now they look like a more balanced team. And that's why right now they're tied for first place in the West.
0: And not in the playing style, but in this fact, it's sort of like the Dynamo of Dom Kinnear. They're undefeated at home, but they're one of five MLS teams that hasn't gotten a win away from home yet this season. They're 0-3-0 on the road. Of course, that's not a great sample size, but they're about to pick up two more. They go to Philly, and then uh, later this weekend, they have another road trip to Atlanta. It seems like it could be a tough week for them, Ivis. Do you think... I guess can they sort of withstand this and even if they go on the road and lose regularly, even if they're a bad team on the road, it's still progress from what they were doing last year which was not very much.
1: Right, I wouldn't necessarily pin them as a bad road team already because when you look at I yeah, mean they've only played games. they've only played 3 games, but let's look at 3, right? So they played Portland and Portland at that time was playing extremely well. Portland's a tough place to play and Houston really like really tried to take it to them. I mean, Portland won 4 to 2. But that was a, that was at a point in the season where, yeah, Houston could could turn it on in the first half, but then fade in the second. And that's exactly what happened against, against Portland. Uh, the next game against New England, that was definitely not a pretty game. Uh, but then they lose to Toronto, and everyone's losing to Toronto yeah. these days. Toronto's just crushing it. So I think this is a very good test going to Philly. Uh, Philly is obviously uh, – everyone's tougher at home. But Philly, I think in the last couple of home performances, they've started to improve. But Philly's defense has three straight shutouts. Houston's attack, as we've seen, has is, is just been so dangerous with that that three-headed monster up top with, with uh, Torres, Elise, and Kyoto. I, I'm definitely excited to see that matchup. And I think they're going to cause some problems for the Union because all credit to the Union, their defense has been better. But Onyewu, Agucho and Jack Elliott is not the fastest center-back pairing you're going to mm-hmm. see. So I think from that standpoint, it might not be a great matchup for the Union. So we'll see if the Houston could do it. If, the, if, if they win that game, I think that definitely shows them uh, you can you can then start saying, yes, this is one of the best teams in the league.
0: After that two-game road trip they have this week, they then uh, take a quick trip up I-45 to face FC Dallas. That's one of those Sunday – I think it's a national TV game, and I think it's uh, the day before Memorial Day. So that will be a lot of fun for sure. Another game that should be fun on Wednesday as we continue looking at the midweek slate is Sporting Kansas City hosting the Seattle Sounders. I was, we just talked about uh, the Sounders and how they've kind of struggled to find the, the right fit, find their their form, finish off goals. The Sporting Kansas City defense is not necessarily what you want to see if that's been your team's struggles. Are they going to be able to change this week, you think? Are we going to see some goals from Seattle?
1: That's going to be a tough one. i tell you (laughs) what, Kansas City, uh, I know Kansas City just gave up two goals to Orlando on Saturday, but those were two excellent plays, right? The the first goal, Kyle Mm -hmm. Aaron scoring off a perfect cross from Rivas. A perfect cross, perfect, t- perfectly time run by Laren to beat Matt Beazler, and then the second goal was was basically the goal of the week. Kaká with the chest trap, and then the the, the finish just inside the far post. I mean, there's a, there are only a few players in the league who can do that, and he happens to be one of them. Um, so, I mean, that's what it takes to be to to actually score on that defense at this point. Seattle does have have Clint Dempsey and Nicholas Lodaro who can give you some magic. Um, so, I think they have a chance. I think they definitely have a chance in this game, as much as they're struggling, but. Going to KC, very tough place to play. You know how Casey plays at home. I think it's gonna be tough. I think I, I I like Casey a lot in that one.
0: That's the second time you've mentioned that you hope the Kaká goal wins goal of the week. The fans decide that in a voting process, I was I think the Federal Election Commission is gonna get on us about that because you know we can't just influence saying. those elections. It's very serious.
1: It, you know what? There's so much ballot stuffing in the MLS goal in the official MLS goal of the week really that is. I don't know if anyone even takes it seriously anymore. I mean, but more
0: are you saying there's like a Bollywood day of, of of goal of the week it, purity?
1: I don't think any, look, goal, MLS Goal of the Week and MLS it Team of the Week. It used to mean something, are, damn it. D- yeah, don't, <laughs> anyone who thinks Goal of the Week or Team of the Week are legitimate things, I mean, Our you team know, of the no week offense. Is,
0: sa- the Goal USA Team of the Week is sacred.
1: It's it's much better than that. It's a, a real
0: it's a real honor. I was real quick before we wrap up. Uh, of course, the United States uh, has qualifying coming up in early June. Trinidad and Tobago and that trip to the Azteca. Uh, I know that Bruce Arena was in your proximity in Orlando. Uh, what's uh, what's what's up with the U.S. national team? What's up with Bruce? Uh,
1: nothing. I had a chance to chat with him actually for for an interview in Orlando, and we talked about a wide range of topics. And yes, we did talk about Azteca and why it's so tough there. And uh, Wait, is that you published? know. It's not out yet.
0: It's, okay, okay. It, I was about it, to say, I did not see that. I didn't know if you'd even talk no, to him.
1: Uh, yeah, no. That Well, that was actually the reason, that was the main reason I went down there was to, to, for my one-on-one with Bruce Arena. Gotcha. And then I ended up interviewing Kaká, Joe Cole, Dishorn Brown so uh, Ilia Sanchez, okay,
0: okay, a lot of
1: stuff's coming down the pike, which is why I'm gonna spend a hundred hours this week transcribing But anyway back to the point I, I did get a chance to talk to Bruce Arena about us tech and why it's so tough to play there And the sense I get is that he feels that this US team is gonna be as prepared for that trip as it's ever been uh, in, in the past because of what they're trying to do in terms of the altitude training preparation The thing people need to realize though is that there is a seriously short turnaround time between the first game in that in that window mm-hmm. and the second game, mm-hmm. there's only three three days. It's yeah. crazy the turnaround time, and part of, and the reason for that is because Mexico's going Cup. to Confederations Cup, yeah. So they requested it. Uh, so it's going to be tough for both those teams. So I think you, the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, are going to have to juggle some things around uh, in terms of you're not going to see the yeah. same eleven in both those games. Well, plus Mexico, so,
0: then they not only that, but then they get on a flight and that week start the Confederations Cup in Russia. So it's not easy for them. And yeah, there's definitely going to be some tweaks because you can't just roll out the same lineup that you played against Honduras and then a couple days later play Portugal. I mean, it's it's not going to happen.
1: Right. It's So I mean, it's unfortunate because obviously you'd love for for the the only focus to be on the usa mexico game but it's tough if you're bruce arena you're looking at that first game in colorado uh against trinidad and you're going to say hey we want to get these three points in the bag first and then whatever we get at at azteca is gravy he didn't tell me that but of course he can't say that but i think that's (laughs) how they're going to look at it they want to get the three in colorado and if they can get even a point at azteca Mm -hmm. they'll be happy Considering how tight that schedule
0: is. Back to that same formula: win at home, draw on the road if you can, and you'll be all set to qualify for the World Cup. He is Ivas Glarsip. You already follow him on Twitter at soccer by Ivis. He is on goal.com all the time. Ivas, we'll let you get back to transcribing thanks for joining the podcast today. Listener, thank you for joining the podcast. You can give us a rating on iTunes or subscribe or whatever. You know how a how a podcast works. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon I like what we're going to say on the Gold USAMRS podcast. Until then, take care.